0: Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 359 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably, low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Today, a couple of things I wanted to get to. Obviously, we have the breaking news that John Davidson, he wasn't out of work for too long. He immediately goes back to the Columbus Blue Jackets less than two weeks to the day that the New York Rangers fired him. Uh, Once again, he goes back to Columbus where he had been in the past and is set to be their president going forward. We'll talk about that a little bit. And something else that I wanted to get into today, and we'll start with this as well, is just kind of put a bow on the season for the Hartford Wolfpack. You know, it's funny because I had said coming into this season of New York Ranger hockey and obviously also of Hartford Wolfpack hockey that I wanted to try to spend a little bit more time on the Hartford Wolfpack, kind of give you guys some highlights. If a certain player catches fire, definitely let you guys know about that. I don't think I really ended up doing that, and that was for a few different reasons. I mean, first of all, this is, of course, the Locked On New York Rangers podcast, not the Locked On Hartford Wolfpack podcast. So that's the first thing, first and foremost. Then you've also got this completely insane season that the Rangers had where they had all these crazy things going on away from the ice. There was never a dull moment. I think that's the best way that I can put it. And thirdly, I think that, you know, this season for the Rangers, it was packed very tight. The schedule was very condensed this season, and it felt like every time I did an episode, there was always a game to talk about. So a couple of reasons why I wasn't really able to get to the Hartford Wolfpack as much as I would have liked this year, but I suppose we'll try again in in season three uh, whenever the NHL and AHL kicked off their next regular seasons. But yeah, just wanted to talk a little bit about the Hartford Wolfpack in general, how they fared this season, uh, which players kind of improved their stock in the organization, which players could be in line to see some time with the New York Rangers next season, perhaps even make the New York Rangers opening night roster. Obviously, as this season progressed, we saw more and more players from the Hartford Wolfpack getting some time with the New York Rangers, uh, specifically at the end of the season there, the final five games or so, once the Rangers knew that they pretty much weren't going to be going to the playoffs. And, you know, it just made all the sense in the world to have these kids come up and get a little bit of a taste of NHL action. So, yeah, let's just dive right into it here. First of all, just kind of an overlook of the team itself. It was kind of a strange season for the Wolfpack because much like the NHL, what the AHL did is they sectioned off all of their divisions, so there's no teams from a certain division playing any other teams from another division. Every team only played teams within its own division. And on top of that, several teams in the Atlantic division, which is where the Hartford Wolfpack play, opted out of this season. So you end up with only three teams in the Atlantic division. It was the Wolfpack, obviously, also the Providence Bruins, and the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. All three of those teams were the only ones to play in that division this season, so all three of those teams only played each other. So the Wolfpack only played the Bruins and Sound Tigers. They didn't play anyone else the entire season. As far as how the division shaped up, it was the Providence Bruins winning the division. They played 25 games, went 15-6-2-2. The first two is for overtime losses. The second two is for shootout losses. Then you had in second place our own Hartford Wolfpack. 24 games played, 14 wins, 19 losses, one overtime loss, zero shootout losses. And then finally, in third and last place, the Bridgeport Sound Tigers, they also played 24 games. They won eight. They lost 14. They had two overtime losses and zero shootout losses. And so... That was pretty much that. There weren't any AHL playoffs to speak of. It's actually kind of strange because one of the divisions, specifically the Pacific Division, is currently doing its own little mini playoff tournament. There's a a couple of play-in games, and then you have best-of-threes in the semifinals and a best-of-three in the uh, championship series. But whoever wins that will not be recognized as the AHL champion. It's just going to be the division champion, the Pacific division champion. So uh, kind of interesting. But um, yeah, the the Hartford Wolfpack have wrapped up, which is really a shame because it looks like uh, they had a good enough record that they probably could have qualified for the postseason this year. Alas, there are no playoffs for any teams in the Atlantic division. And, you know, the regular season ends and the entire season ends. But, you know, obviously pretty nice season for the Hartford Wolfpack. They were under the direction of Chris Knobloch for the second straight season. I would imagine he will return for his third season with the Hartford Wolfpack next year. Of course, we don't know that 100%, but I would imagine that if there were going to be any changes, we would have heard about it by now. The Rangers obviously cleaned house not all that long ago, and so if there were going to be any additional moves, any additional firings, or anything like that, you got to believe Chris Knobloch would have heard about it by now. And Knobloch himself uh, might be somewhat in the running for the head coaching job of the New York Rangers. I know that our friends at Bet Online put him as a 10-1 to odds to become the next New York Ranger head coach, and I don't think he's necessarily a favorite or anything like that, but I could definitely see him at least being interviewed for the position given that he's had a good amount of success in the AHL and tremendous success in the OHL and the WHL before that. Somebody who's rising really fast through the ranks of the coaching world and somebody who I think we should feel pretty good about being the head coach of the Hartford Wolfpack going forward if he does indeed remain in that position, which it definitely seems like he is going to. But we're really just scratching the surface here. I want to, in just a second, dive into some of the individual performances from some of the players on the Hartford Wolfpack, and obviously some of them ended up making their Ranger debuts this season. They got called up at or near the end of the season, Uh, but we're going to dive into all that and talk about some of these players' prospects as far as making an impact on the New York Rangers is concerned for next season. We're going to be talking about all that in just a second here. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why are often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse just happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store So like I said, wanted to go ahead and kind of dive into some of the individual player performances on the Hartford Wolfpack this season, and I thought the best way to do this is probably just to kind of split it up. We'll start with players who split their time between the Wolfpack and the Rangers this past season, and then after that, we'll kind of dive into some guys who played exclusively with the Hartford Wolfpack, did not see any time with the Rangers this past season. But I think somebody that a lot of people are really excited about, a lot of people want to see more of with the New York Rangers, is definitely Morgan Barron. We saw a little bit of Morgan Barron with the Rangers the last couple games of the season, But he spent the majority of the season with the Hartford Wolfpack, skated in 21 games in Hartford, scored 10 goals, dished out 11 assists, led the Hartford Wolfpack with a team-high 21 points, so exactly a point per game. He was a plus 8. And somebody who I think Ranger fans are rightly excited about and somebody who it already looks like uh, could very well exceed expectations as far as where he was drafted by the New York Rangers, and we've talked about this before, but this is how you really build a contender. I mean, it's one thing, you know what you're going to get from guys like Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad, and hopefully in due time, guys like Capo Caco and Alexi Lafreniere, but when you can really steal guys late in the drafts, that's when you're really going places, and that's when you're really starting to put a contender together. Morgan Barron, drafted by the New York Rangers back in 2017 out of Cornell. He went in the sixth round, number 174, had an outstanding collegiate career with Cornell, and then this past season, uh, took the next step with, the Hartford Wolfpack and joined the Rangers for the final five games of the Rangers regular season, scored his first career goal against the Capitals on May 5th, was a minus one overall and put three shots on goal, averaged 13 minutes and 41 seconds of ice time per night. It was obviously a really small sample size, but Morgan Barron, somebody who looked like he belonged, somebody who I think played with a good amount of physicality. I saw him in there on the four check a couple of times being very aggressive, so it's obviously nice to see. Like I said, you know, we only got a brief look at Morgan Barron, but I think of all these guys that I'm going to talk about here, guys who either split their time between the Rangers and Wolfpack last season, or guys who played exclusively on the Wolfpack, I would say Morgan Barron probably as good a bet as any of them to... To stick with the Rangers next season, to really play the majority of his games with the New York Rangers and make a significant impact, or at least a decent impact. And the Rangers, you know, these five games that they had him up with the NHL team, they mostly kept him on the fourth line. And that probably only makes sense. You know, you got to work your way up to a bigger role. Eventually, I mean, it's tough because anytime you call somebody up from the AHL, if there's somebody that's kind of known for scoring, You don't necessarily want to see them on the fourth line because obviously that's more your physical line, your defensive-minded line, uh, your tough line, guys who are, you know, the the sandpaper kind of guys or whatever adjective you want to use, the guys that bring the grit. And Barron does that as well. I think he's definitely not out of place on the fourth line. But then again, if you want to get the most out of him as far as offensive production is concerned, you might want to move him up a little bit. But we'll see how the Rangers look to play it next season. I, I get the feeling it could be a situation where maybe they start him in the AHL to begin this upcoming season, and then in due time, they'll call him up to the NHL roster— that's kind of what I thought they would do with Ke'Andre Miller this past season, but then of course Ke'Andre Miller made the opening night roster right out of training camp. Maybe Morgan Barron can do something similar. We'll just have to wait and see. And of course a lot of this will depend on who the Rangers next head coach is. There might be a certain head coach who's high on Morgan Barron or high on this player, but low on that player or whatever it might be. Uh, obviously the new head coach is going to have a big say as far as what kind of roles these guys are looking at and what their chances are of making the Rangers opening night roster next season or at least joining the team at some point during the regular season and uh, seeing meaningful minutes on the ice somebody else who had a really nice season for the Hartford Wolfpack this past year and also saw a little bit of time at the very end of the season with the New York Rangers. And in fact, he's played in a handful of games with the Rangers in all of the last three seasons, and that's Tim Gettinger. Gettinger in the last three seasons combined, he tends to always get a cup of coffee with the Rangers, but doesn't ever really seem to stick. Played in two games this past season with the Rangers, two games the season before that, plus one playoff game, and then also four games in the season before that. But he had a nice season for himself. Down with the Hartford Wolfpack, he ends up being second on the Team with 19 points skated in 23 games scored 9 goals dished out 10 assists and was a plus two overall. With Gettinger, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that there's a clear path to playing time for him with the New York Rangers. I don't know that they necessarily look at him as somebody who's going to come in and be a star for their team. I think they kind of just see him as organizational depth, and he's 23 years old, was drafted by the New York Rangers in 2016 in the fifth round, going number 141 overall. So given the fact that they've never really given him uh, much of a long leash at the NHL level, given the fact that they took him in the fifth round... I don't get the feeling, again, that the Rangers necessarily see big things for Tim Gettinger in the future, although somebody that could be a useful swingman man uh, could put up some good numbers in the AHL and come up to the Rangers if they need him at a certain time due to injuries or whatever it might be. I mean, you guys saw how it was at the end of the year this year. We had players being suspended. We had half the team being injured. So Tim Gettinger got in there for the last two games of the regular season this year. But I think that's kind of the role that the Rangers see for him. Not that they won't give him a chance because we've seen before guys can kind of— uh, Outperform their draft status on this team. The Rangers don't pigeonhole you to what round they drafted you in, but just given the way that they've used him over the last couple of seasons, I don't know. I I just don't see him ever really being a mainstay for the New York Rangers on their NHL roster. Somebody who I think is kind of in the same boat as Tim Gettinger is going to be Johnny Brodzinski. Obviously, we saw him for a couple of games this past season. He was up for five total games with the New York Rangers in two, excuse me, Three separate stints because he played on February 1st, then he played three games February 24, 26, 28th, and then was out there uh, for the final game of the season on May 6th, and in those five games scored one goal, was an even plus minus, uh, had a nice season for himself in the AHL, he was fourth on the team with 17 points, scored six goals, dished out 11 assists, and was a plus four overall. But once again, kind of like Gettinger, I don't think that the Rangers necessarily see big things for Johnny Brodzinski, and that's probably even more true of Brodzinski because he's uh, quite a bit older. Brodzinski, 27, whereas Tim Gettinger's only 23, and the Rangers didn't even draft Brodzinski. Brodzinski was drafted back in 2013 by the Los Angeles Kings in the fifth round, going number 148 overall, and in the years that have followed, only a total of 62 career regular season games, seven goals, and six assists in that time. So again, I think he's somebody that the Rangers just kind of see his organizational depth. I mean, I think he did fine when he was out there for the Rangers this year, made some appearances on the fourth line, didn't do anything to embarrass himself. I don't think he was a liability or anything like that, the very little bit that we all saw of him. But again, not somebody that I think that the Rangers necessarily see as like a superstar of the future or anything like that. But once again, you never know what can happen. I don't think any of us saw the kind of season that Colin Blackwell had on the way this season. Nobody could have anticipated that. And I realize Colin Blackwell faded a little bit down the stretch, but they'll give you a chance. I mean, the Rangers, although... Then again, they they are under uh, new leadership now. They're going to have a new coach. They're going to have a new GM. Well, they already do have a new GM and a new president. But you never know how this regime could operate. They might love Johnny Brodzinski. Johnny Brodzinski might make the opening night roster. You never can say for sure. But uh, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see how it goes. Obviously, uh, not somebody who I expect to become a superstar with the Rangers, but somebody who is a nice uh, insurance policy and somebody who can kind of be, once again, a swingman between the NHL and the AHL. Another young player that kind of split his time between the Rangers and the Wolfpack. Obviously, he played the vast majority of the season with the Wolfpack, but he got up for four games with the Rangers at the very end there. Or actually, one was kind of in the middle of the season, and then three games with the Rangers at the very end, and that's Tarmo Reuninen, And he has, I would say, along with Morgan Barron, probably among these players from the Wolfpack, probably one of the better opportunities to, uh, you know, possibly make the Rangers out of training camp, possibly kind of stick in the lineup night in and night out and possibly, you know, make an impact, a positive impact on this team going forward. I think there's an opportunity to be had for Tarmo Reuninen. If for no other reason, the fact that there's going to be a lot of competition for those six spots on the Ranger blue line going into next season. And that's especially true when you consider the fact that you're going to be dealing with an all new coaching staff. And again, there might be certain coaches who were higher on certain players than they are on these players over here, whatever it might be. Uh, But to me, it looks like a wide open competition because, if you look at the Ranger defensemen going into next season, I would say there's probably only three of them that you can really, truly, of course, this is bar injury, that you can really, truly guarantee are going to be there on the opening night. Obviously, Adam Fox. Obviously, Ryan Lindgren. They've both been phenomenal. Obviously, Jacob Truba. I would maybe say Ke'Andre Miller, although you got to keep in mind the fact that Ke'Andre Miller was a rookie this past season. There is a new head coach coming in, and there's other guys that are, you know, kind of neck and neck with him as far as uh, potentially staking their claim to a spot in the top six. got to be in the top six to see the ice on any given night. And, I mean, Ke'Andre Miller... Really solid rookie season, but I do think he was kind of the opposite of everybody else on the Rangers in that he got off to a really good start and then kind of faded a little bit down the stretch. So to me, uh, the six defenseman spots for next season, that competition is going to be wide open. And Tarmo Reuninen, if he has a nice training camp, if he has a nice preseason, that's another big thing. We're actually going to get a preseason next year, it would seem he's got a chance. I mean, it's right there for the taking. And, you know, the Rangers really high on Tarmo Reunion overall. He was drafted by the team back in 2016 in the fourth round, went number 98 overall, just 23 years old. And uh, in those four games with the Rangers this season, no goals, one assist, one point, and a plus one, five shots on goal. Average 13 minutes and 16 seconds of ice time. And we'll see. Like I said, it's really hard to kind of forecast this because I do think that the competition among These defensemen, as far as getting into that top six next season... Going to be very, very interesting to watch. Going to be one of the more fun offseason storylines that we have to look forward to. But Tarmo Reuninen, yeah, he's absolutely in the mix. And you got to figure he's going to be competing with guys like Zach Jones, guys like Libor Hayek, guys like Brennan Smith if he's back, guys like Keandre Miller. So yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And uh, as far as players that kind of split their time between the Rangers and the Wolfpack, first of all, a couple of quick honorable mentions here. I'm not really going to talk too much about Keith Kincaid because I think we think of him more as a Ranger than a member of the Wolfpack. He only played in two games with the Wolfpack last season. Uh, same thing with Anthony Patetto. He only played in two games with the Wolfpack. Not really looking at those guys. Looking at guys who predominantly played in the Wolfpack and maybe got a little bit of uh, time with the New York Rangers last season. And the last one on that list is Justin Richards. Justin Richards only played in the final game of the regular season for the New York Rangers. And he actually picked up his first career NHL point, notching a primary assist for the Rangers in that game, put two shots on goal, and had 10 minutes and 11 seconds of ice time. But it was cool to just see him uh, get a little bit of time with the NHL team at the very end of the season, brief though it may have been. But yeah, Justin Richards for the Wolfpack had a pretty nice season for himself overall. In 20 games, he scored four goals and dished out seven assists. Richards was undrafted. He spent his college days with the University of Minnesota Duluth, and then he signed his entry-level contract with the New York Rangers back in 2020. So, you know, somebody who, again, he's kind of facing an uphill battle given the fact that he was undrafted, and there do seem to be a lot of players ahead of him in the pecking order, but crazier things have happened. We've seen players who were drafted very late. We've seen undrafted players eventually just kind of force the issue and force their way onto an NHL roster and go on to have great careers. Uh, Richards, again... We can't know that much about him, having only watched a total of one game that he played this year, but it was cool to see him get his first NHL point, and we'll see. You know, he's somebody who, if certain players are struggling, if there's injuries, whatever it might be, maybe he's a call-up at some point for the Rangers this upcoming season. So what we just did, obviously, is we focus in on the players who spent some time with the Wolfpack as well as the Rangers. In just a second here, what we're going to do is take a look at guys who played exclusively with the Hartford Wolfpack this past season and have uh, yet to make their Ranger debut. We're going to be doing that in just a second here. Today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. All right, so once again, we're going to kind of now focus in on players who played exclusively with the Hartford Wolfpack this season. Some of these guys may be in line to eventually uh, make their New York Ranger debut or in some cases even their NHL debut at some point next season. And let's start with a really fun one here. I want to talk a little bit about Mason Geertsen. This is somebody who has kind of developed a little bit of a cult following because of his ability and willingness to hit. He's a defenseman, big guy, six foot four, two 215 pounds. He was drafted back in 2013 by the Colorado Avalanche in the fourth round, going number 93 overall. There was some speculation this past season, getting toward the end of the season, that the Rangers, after all that nonsense that Tom Wilson pulled in the first of those two uh, late-season games between the Rangers and Capitals, that the Rangers might call up Mason Geertsen, Basically, with the sole purpose of get out there and fight Tom Wilson, and you know, Geerdson definitely would have been uh, ready, willing, and able to take on that task if that's what he was asked to do. Alas, the Rangers never did end up calling him to the NHL roster. But you know, assuming he's back with the Wolfpack this upcoming season, I can't think of a much better team for him to make his debut against than the Washington Capitals. Uh, again, you know, I don't know how much of that stuff you want to carry from one year into the next year. I certainly don't think if you're the Rangers, you should be looking to get into. Whatever the final tally was, I think six fights with the Capitals the first time you play them next season. But you got to believe Tom Wilson is going to have a target on his back from the Rangers probably from now until the time that he hangs up his skates. And, you know, if Geertsen ends up dropping the gloves at Tom Wilson, sign me up. Sounds like appointment television to me. But, you know, Geertsen, a tough guy. Uh, we'll see if the Rangers at some point uh, maybe call him up to the roster. Maybe he's even in the mix for an opening night roster spot, although that does seem like kind of a long shot given all the uh, good defensemen that seem to be ahead of him in the pecking order right now. But, you know, we've talked about how in the past, you know, the the role of the enforcer or the goon, I don't even really like goon because that almost sounds like derogatory, but you know, the enforcer, that role has definitely decreased in recent seasons, but there are still enforcers around the league and you do wonder, you know, is it going to make a little bit of a comeback and do the Rangers and really any team, do they need somebody like Mason Geertsen on their team when they're going to be playing a team like the Washington Capitals or maybe even a team like the Boston Bruins are a team like the New York Islanders. One of these teams that tends to, you know, kind of have the physicality advantage on the New York Rangers. Certainly uh, the Capitals with Tom Wilson, you would need somebody like Geertsen uh, to be there if it was looking like there was going to be trouble and there was going to be a fight between Tom Wilson and somebody on the Rangers. Somebody else who kind of turned some heads on the Hartford Wolfpack this season is right winger Ty Ronning. He's actually the son of former NHL player Cliff Ronning. I always remember him as being part of that Vancouver Canucks team in 1994 that the Rangers defeated to, of course, win the Stanley Cup. But Ty Ronning, you know, Seventh-round draft pick by the Rangers in 2016, went number 201 overall. Again, just 23 years old and spent this last season with the Hartford Wolfpack, but he turned in a really nice year, was third on the team with 18 points, skated in 18 games, scored 10 goals, dished out eight assists, so obviously a point-per-game player right on the dot and a plus-two overall. Somebody who, you know, maybe at some point gets a chance with the New York Rangers. I think the Wolfpack have to be pretty surprised and feeling pretty good about what Ronan gave them this season. We'll see if he can keep it up next year, but I get the feeling, you know, he'll be starting next season with the Hartford Wolfpack. Shifting our attention to the goaltender position, Adam Huska. You know, he's somebody who maybe could end up seeing some time with the New York Rangers this upcoming season, although it might be tough because I think right now it's pretty obvious there's three guys who are pretty firmly in front of him, Igor Shosturkin, Alex Georgiev, Keith Kincaid. Obviously the expansion draft is coming up and you got to figure the Rangers are going to expose Kincaid in the expansion draft. Igor Shosturkin is exempt and the Rangers would protect him anyway, but I would imagine the Rangers would then protect Alex Georgiev and expose Keith Kincaid. If Kincaid gets picked by the Seattle Kraken, which I don't necessarily think will happen. We'll talk about the expansion draft in a future episode, but obviously that would be one less goalie that Adam Huska has to jump in the pecking order. Uh, Adam Huska for the Wolfpack this season, it was interesting because he had a 9-4 and record in 13 games, and he had a goals against average of 270, which is not spectacular, but you can probably live with it. But then his save percentage which was 890, which is not very good at all. And so that kind of tells me that the Hartford Wolfpack were playing pretty good defense in front of him and not necessarily allowing a good amount of shots on goal per night. Um, but either way, you know, Adam Huska might be the next man up from the AHL as far as the goaltender position is concerned. It's at least possible. We see him at some point next season. Huska is 24 years old, was drafted in 2015 by the Rangers, going in round seven, number 184 overall. Will Cooley is somebody that the Rangers are very big on. He's a left winger, played in 18 games with the Wolfpack this past season, scored two goals, dished out three assists, was a minus four overall. But obviously, you know, the Rangers took him in the second round this past year in 2020. He went number 60 overall. You don't do that unless you've got some kind of plans for the kid. The one thing maybe working against him is the fact that he's a left winger. And obviously, that seems to be the Rangers' strongest position right now, the position where they have the most depth. Uh, We'll see. He's only 19 years old, so he's got all the time in the world, Uh, maybe sooner or later, probably more than likely sooner or later, unless he's somebody who's packaged in a deal for, you know, an already established NHL player. Probably sooner or later, we're going to end up seeing Cooley uh, playing with the New York Rangers. Don't think it'll be next season, though. Somebody else who definitely seems to have a bright future in the NHL. He only played two games with the Hartford Wolfpack last season before he uh, joined the WHL, uh, but that's Braden Schneider. Schneider, like I said, only skated in two games with the Wolfpack, had one assist in those two games, but then he also was the captain of the Brandon Wheat Kings this past season, skated in 22 games, scored five goals, dished out 22 assists, and somebody who was highly regarded as kind of like a very, very safe pick in the NHL draft this season. I know John Davidson absolutely loved him. The Rangers trade up to get him in the first round, and somebody who, again, going to have a very bright future in the NHL. Sooner or later, you know we're going to be seeing him on the Rangers. And speaking of highly regarded defensemen, I don't think he's quite on the level of Braden Schneider, but Hunter Skinner is somebody else that the Rangers like. He this past season split time between the Hartford Wolfpack, ten games there, and also the Utah Grizzlies of the ECHL at the Hartford Wolfpack, ten games, one goal, one assist, and with the Utah Grizzlies, twenty-six games, seven goals, and ten assists. So you know, big guy as well, stands six foot three, one hundred and ninety pounds and somebody that the Rangers definitely seem to like. Uh, With all that said, I mean, there's a couple other guys we could get into here, but a lot of them are career journeymen. You know, you've got guys like Anthony Greco and Paul Thompson who are getting a little bit older now and haven't really seen a whole lot of time in the NHL. You never know. I mean, they could always get into the Rangers for a couple of games next season. You never know what can happen, but uh, to not go through the entire roster, I think we'll just call it here. And like I said, I did want to talk a little bit about John Davidson here at the very end of the episode. And well, actually, we're really running out of time here. So what I'm going to do is uh, mostly talk about John Davidson tomorrow. For now, I'll just say if, for JD on the off chance that he's listening to this, thanks for everything you've ever done for the Rangers. He's always been a class act as a player. Obviously, he was a goalie for the Rangers way back in the day in the 70s and getting into the 80s as well. And somebody who was a fantastic announcer. I mean, one of the best color analysts in Really, all of sports when he was uh, in that profession, and then obviously has spent time with the Columbus Blue Jackets in a front office role, and then came to the Rangers to become their president. Was fired and is already back with the Columbus Blue Jackets less than two weeks later as their president. So, a uh, big congratulations to John Davidson. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Like I said, just a class act all the way. If it were up to me, he'd still be in his role with the Rangers. So would Jeff Gordon. So would David Quinn. But you know, at some point, I suppose we do have to move on here. But yeah, all the best to John Davidson. Uh, You got to figure that he's going to approach his job with Columbus the same way that he did with the New York Rangers, uh, looking to obviously turn that team into a Stanley Cup contender. So once again, all the best to John Davidson, except for when the Blue Jackets are playing the Rangers, obviously. But like I said, we'll get into the whole John Davidson situation in a little bit greater detail tomorrow. Something else that I was looking to do tomorrow, it's going to be one of two things. I'm either going to look at the impending Ranger free agents, or we'll kind of look at a list of the top 30 uh, NHL unrestricted free agents to be at the end of this season. Just talk about, you know, which one of these guys the Rangers could have interest in, if it's realistic, whether or not the Rangers could bring them in or not. We'll get into all that in tomorrow's episode. Definitely looking forward to that. And definitely stick with the Locked On New York Ranger podcast in the offseason. I really do appreciate everybody who listens. And uh, just because the Ranger season is over, as you can tell, we're not slowing down. There's always something to talk about when it comes to the New York Rangers. And we're going to continue to do that uh, in the days, weeks, months, and even years going forward. So once again, thank you so much, guys. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, Steph Curry wasn't enough for the Warriors against the Lakers. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.